With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. We begin the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here at South Point Casino in fabulous, still classified as downtown Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. We've discussed, I'm not, I'm ge- geographically challenged sometimes, Wes, but I still think it constitutes downtown Las Vegas here at South Point Casino. Uh, we got another great show on the docket today here in the Lombardi line. Of course, Steve Mackin is going to join us later on this hour with his fine numbers. And then Gamblue, Lou Finicaro is going to join us in hour number two. My goodness. And I, I know we're going to save it for Lou. But when you look at UFC 276, mm-hmm. and shout out, first strike, first look, did the podcast yesterday with my producer extraordinaire, Britton Hess, that is now available wherever you download and listen to your podcast. We gave a sneak preview of it. It's not just the two title fights here, Wes, but when you have a pay-per-view mm-hmm. of this caliber, you've got Hall of Famers to be littered up and down this thing. It's going to be one hell of a night come Saturday Yeah, night. not just the card, but obviously it is now an event in International yeah. Fight Week, so... All over town, you've got different appearances from fighters and autograph sessions. It's almost, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little bit maybe before they first did it several years ago. It still kind of functions a little bit like a convention. Almost, it is. Like an MMA convention. Uh, you know, different exhibits and different sponsors. I know the sponsors are a lot more regulated mm-hmm. now by UFC, so you don't have as much guerrilla marketing from the outside. But yeah, looking at the card, you got two big title fights, uh, you know, in, in the main events, and then Robbie Lawler huh. on the card. The ruthless and, one. And uh, the, a couple young prospects, Sean O'Malley, yep. usually in his customary, like, opener of the main card on the pay-per-view <laughs> slot. That's Gets what, everybody hyped yeah, up. Yeah, that's pretty much what he's been. Uh, Donald Cerrone and Jim Miller, kind of a, an old-school, like, a Champions Tour UFC fight. Guys uh, going to the Hall two. of Fame one yes. day once their careers are yeah, done. Yeah, so you've got all kind of, it's, it's, yeah. it's busy out here. There's all kind of appearance. Everybody, they fly a lot of the fighters in that they that come in that might not be on the card mm-hmm. to obviously promote future cards and then, you know, just kind of talk about their careers. And it's a big media doings out here. And obviously ESPN's going to be out here all over it. Big yep. weekend here this summer. I, I don't want to, you know, you never want to like uh, oversell and then not get what you're trying to sell. 
But I will say that you might want to watch First Strike on Friday. We might have some uh, interesting guests. Look, we always have interesting guests mm-hmm. and great numbers guys like Lou Finicaro is going to join us today and also on Friday in First Strike. But we're going to try to grab some of those guys this week because, as you mentioned, it is it does have an international fight feel to it. So you do get some big names that are around town. We'll see if we can track down some of those in advance of UFC 276. But we'll break down that card in earnest in hour number two. Uh, very quickly, you know, we were going off the air yesterday – and we thought Rafa Nadal was in trouble uh, on the green grass of Wimbledon. And I think right as we were getting done with the show, Rafa was pure mm-hmm. Rafa and just turned that four set around and got things turned back around in, uh, and finished off that match in grand style. Anything grabbing your attention today as we get uh, through the first week here and closer and closer into the seconds and third rounds well, here? Well, and you did mention uh, Rafa Nadal. By the way, that draw at the bottom has cleared out a little bit for him because the guy I did kind of like from a future standpoint that I thought could make a run as the Canadian Felix Ojealiasim. Yes. He gets knocked out in the first round. So now... <clears throat> Excuse me. You look at Nadal, who had that tough four setter yesterday against the Argentine player. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at his quarter, and it's pretty clear now. Not a lot of guys that you think would really trip him up. And then going in, perhaps to the round of 16, might have an American like Taylor Fritz or perhaps a Jack Sock. You still got Sitsipas, the four seed yes. down there. So it's a pretty clear draw really for, for Rafa Nadal as it is for Novak Djokovic, by the way, the number three seed Casper rude, he has now been eliminated in the second round. So you have four of the top five, still Djokovic, Nadal, Sissy Boston, Carlos uh, Birdman of Alcaraz, but <laughs> you know, it's opening up, I think for a lot of these guys and there are going to be upsets. And I think you're real, you're really seeing it kind of on both sides of the draw the number two seed and that Conovate got beat today in the second round. Uh, Garban Mogarusa, who is a top nine seed, she got eliminated. And then, of course, uh, yesterday, the match after the Nadal match was uh, Serena Williams against Harmony Tan. And uh, I wish I would have taken my own advice because I said, I don't know if I like her to win, but I like Harmony Tan plus the games here. Yes. That I think it's going to be close. And you just kind of saw it yesterday. Look, it was a year ago, pretty much to the day where Serena Williams played her like last official singles match. And. You know, it's kind of tough, and I never want to close the book on somebody prematurely, Mm -mm. but Serena Williams looked every bit of 40 yesterday. I saw your tweet. I didn't take personal offense to it. Where You you hate to see the greats get old, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but father time is undefeated. And that's kind of the point when you watch Serena yesterday. And by the way, as a player, no disrespect to Harmony Tan. Yeah, right. But that is a player that Serena would have been, you know, 6'2", yes. 6'3". Six, six, yes. You know, th- maybe even as close as two or three years ago. And really struggled with her. And, yeah, showed a lot of fight. But it's like she shouldn't have to fight against th- that hard against this player. So, uh, Serena Williams now out in the first round. And there's speculation, okay, is this going to be the last time Boy. at Wimbledon? Who knows? I know she doesn't want to necessarily go out like that. But, you know eventually everything catches up with you. Like you say, Father Time is undefeated, and uh, she found that out yesterday. And by the way, hopefully you were watching listening yesterday. We told you to take Tan in the first set. And, of course, that came to fruition, and you got good plus money at that. Remember, Serena was about a $3 favorite yesterday going into that match. And then I thought, well, she'd get her sea legs back, and then she'll go ahead and turn things around. And then Serena, of course, wins the second set. Then she's up two love in the tiebreak, and you're like, I felt like a genius. Mm-hmm. Like, this, Serena's going to do exactly what we thought, slow start, then get it going. Props to Tan. She did hang in there as well in that epic tiebreak in the third set, and she moves on to the second round. Very quickly uh, here, it, it, as we look ahead to today's action at Wimbledon, and we talked a little bit about this match yesterday. 
and I think you gave a really good analysis of which way to wager this. It's Big John Isner, the American, against Andy Murray. So he's going to be there, Henman Hill, going to have all the countrymen and women that are going to be rooting for Andy Murray. This price has dropped a little bit since we talked yesterday. And I'm seeing now Murray's about a, a minus 280 favorite. Isner on the comeback is plus 220. So you've seen that that number has been shorted mm-hmm. overnight. But your advice is maybe play the total games because we know how tough Isner is to break serve. That if you think he's going to take at least a set, Maybe yeah. you play the, the over in the total game Yeah, spot? That, that over right now is about 40. I okay. think that's the market low that you can find out there, and that's probably where I'd look. Andy Murray getting a little bit of the support. I think he opened 250 MC and him at some faraway places as high as $3, but it's basically right around that range, give or take like 10 or 15 cents from the opener at 250. So I do think Big John at least gets a set. I like Andy Murray, by the way, in the match yep. to go ahead and advance, but – yeah, I would be going over 40 here, and uh, that's the bet I made today. Yeah, it's amazing because even, you know, I'm seeing here you can bet the first set uh, how many games in total, you know, over eight and a half, you're going to have minus $12. If you think it's going to get uh, it's going to be a quick one, you can get some good money there under eight and a half plus $5 there. I can't imagine we get a 6-2 scenario there. But again, there's so many different ways to attack it, but I'm with you, Wes. When I look at Murray and Isner just on paper, I say this feels like a match that's going to go Deep, deep, deep. And I got to imagine we're going to at a four or five setter coming up in what could be an epic second round matchup here over there in the green grass of Wimbledon. Okay, let's get to Major League Baseball here very quickly. Uh, and I just want to get your thoughts on what you saw yesterday and how it kind of par- parlays into today's action. Is there anything that jumps out from a night before? And then you look ahead to today's slate of games and say there's a carryover effect. Or is it to you always just about the starting pitchers, and that's where I have to start and begin my handicap. Well, just a couple games on the results last night. Colorado gets another win How over about the that? Dodgers. Yeah. Dodgers kind of, you know, can struggle a little bit in Colorado. And this Colorado team, 33 and 42, so still nine games under 500, but can be kind of plucky. And uh, look, uh, the Dodgers, I think, are getting bet today, saying, okay, they're not going to get swept in Colorado. And that's the thing, right? That that's There's the recency where they go, all right, Colorado's won two in a row. Mm-hmm. Dodgers have to. No, no, nothing has to happen here. Yeah. But again, sometimes you do get the feeling of, all right, maybe we're a little bit complacent. We did get the first two. And I know that people, at least the, the recreational handicapper, sometimes they do factor that in. Yeah, I think so. Kind of playing the anti-sweep. I actually would lean to Colorado, even yeah. though the market's moving against him because Julio Urias, you know, doesn't really historically like pitching in Colorado and <laughs> hasn't really been that effective. So I'd be leaning that way. By the way, we are going to get uh, an early game here in about maybe 30 seconds to 45 oh. seconds. And that is uh, Milwaukee and Tampa Bay. It's uh, Eric Lauer against Jalen Beeks for the Rays. I did go ahead with the under eight and it's now getting juiced to the under about minus 115, minus 120, minus 125. That's one of those things I like to do kind of on Wednesday is that getaway. Sure under uh, especially early between Milwaukee and Tampa Bay, because what you have is you have both teams that got to get on a plane after the game. Tampa Bay actually starts a set tomorrow mm-hmm. with the Toronto blue Jays. Milwaukee's going to, uh, and Milwaukee also starts a set and they go ahead and play Pittsburgh. So I like to play those getaway game day unders, especially when both teams got to go on the road right? and they got to travel the next day. So you've even seen some seven and a half populate. So the market clearly agrees under eight between Lauer and Beaks, Milwaukee in the race. Okay. So we'll keep an eye on that as that's getting ready. You know, it's still, even though one year into my Las Vegas experience, 
that time difference sometimes. Like, wow, they're getting ready mm-hmm. to start. Oh, that's like now mm-hmm. that game's getting ready to go here between the Brewers uh, and the Rays. We do have some other games going to start in about an hour. We'll get to some of those because, again, it is getaway day across the uh, Major League Baseball slate with the A's against the Yankees, uh, Pirates and the Nationals, and the Strohs against the Metropolitans. That'll all be up in the next hour. We'll break that down a little bit later on uh, in the program. But, again, uh, when we come back, we're going to get into some NFL as well. We mentioned that we're going to have Steve Mackinan uh, coming up here later on this hour. And, Wes, that's going to be a fun exercise. We're going to delve into college football a little bit with Steve and some of the numbers he's seen because you and I talked about it, and we're going to talk some NFL uh, when we come back here. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can get good numbers now as we sit here at the end of June. You don't necessarily have to wait until we get into August. Well, and it's interesting looking at Steve's systems. You know, a lot of this is personnel-based based on that's one of the things everybody looks at when they start handicapping college football. It's like how many returning starters. Last year, everybody had it because of COVID, because they all got the extra COVID year. Now you kind of get a little bit more to form this year with the uh, returning personnel. And when we come back, let's go to the NFL and try to figure out who we think is going to be the best passer of the year and how that correlates into some numbers that you could play. Come on back. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. We continue the Lombardi line here on Visa Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. And, you know, I was looking up here and you look at the NFL this year and you try to handicap who's going to throw for the most passing yards. Mm-hmm. And you look up and you see that the NFL right now is still conducting their hearing, if you will, for Deshaun Watson. So we're waiting to hear what the NFL will say. The reason why I bring that up. So don't bet him in this market. 20 to 1 is what Deshaun would be to have the most passing yards here in this upcoming season. That's not going to happen for Deshaun. Okay? Like, I just cannot imagine. And it could happen at any time. And if any, obviously we get any word that's going to help you with your futures wagers for the Browns, we'll let you know if we get any information today. The league says... They're going to try to get this out. Try. Before training camp starts. That's a full month away. July 26th. Like, 
I, I don't know what you have to do to get to A to Z, but I wonder if this is a, a sliding scale for the NFL as they try to figure out what to do with Deshaun Watson because it feels like we get more and more information maybe from other accusers mm-hmm. that keep coming out. So I don't know if they had something set and this is continuing, but it's going on right as we speak today with the NFL and the league offices. So we'll figure out what the fate of Deshaun Watson is going to be, at least in the year number one as a member of the Cleveland Browns. But at 20 to one people, we're just telling you now, please don't do that. Do not wager yeah, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, take a pass on that one. Yeah. So let's get to the other candidates that we do believe will be in play for the most regular season passing yards in 22 and 23. I'm a little surprised that Tom terrific is your favorite at four to one. Maybe not so much that he, that he's the favorite, but that he's double right. the price of your next nearest competitor, which would be the one, the great Patrick Mahomes. And then you see Manny Stafford there, plus 850. And then Herbert, there's there's a guy that kind of jumps off the page at you, plus 850. You see, I like to call him Super Dak. When the Cowboys are good, he's Super Dak Prescott. When he's bad, he's just average Dak, 12 to 1. And then Josh Allen. I wonder if that's being discounted here at 12 to 1 because he runs the football so much. So when you look down the board a little bit, are you as surprised as I am that that Brady won is that big a favorite? And is there anybody else at double digits that you kind of like? Yeah, because look, I mean, Brady still does have Byron Leftwich, but no Bruce Arians mm-hmm. as well. Uh, offensive coach. He now moves upstairs uh, into uh, some kind of front office role, I guess. Uh, I don't know if there was tension there between the two, and maybe that's why Tom elected to come back right. or, or what happened here. But yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. I think part of it is the fact that you do have two pretty weak teams in the division, Carolina and Atlanta. So, you know, beat up on those teams perhaps. But, yeah, I thought that that was a little high. You did mention Josh Allen. I think he's a little bit down the board because he's got a new play caller, Brian Dable, mm-hmm. of course, now the new head coach of the New York football Giants. So maybe a little bit of an adjustment there, just kind of looking at that. And the obvious usual suspects are at the top of the board, Brady, Mahomes, Matt Stafford, Justin Herbert, Burrow, mm-hmm. you know, two of the five Super Bowl quarterbacks last year. But one guy I kind of think is a little bit interesting, and I don't know where this team is going to finish in that AFC West, but Derek Carr at 12 to 1. Ooh. I would like to see maybe a little bit higher if he could get to like 15 or 16 to 1, maybe more in the middle of the market. But this is a guy that we do at least expect whether we know where the Raiders are going to finish. I think that win total is like about eight and a half. And Probably they are ranked by most of the experts and most of the media. They'll probably be ranked fourth in a four-team division. They won't be ahead of Kansas City. They probably won't be ahead of Denver because of Russell Wilson. And they more than likely won't be ahead of the Chargers. So they'll be picked to finish fourth. But they're not necessarily a bad fourth. And that doesn't necessarily mean that's where they're going to finish. But one thing I think that is relatively for certain is that the Raiders are going to be better offensively. Because, number one, you bring in Josh McDaniels as the head coach. And the thing about McDaniels, I got to think he is going to be at least a little bit better the second time around as a head coach. Because remember, you know, sometimes you get away, and especially when you're under the tutelage of the the Jedi master there in New England, Bill Belichick, it's like you've seen a lot of these guys not succeed out of his out of his tenure. And I was always wondering, okay, why don't they do that? And I remember there was a guy, Rick Venturi, who, by the way, yeah. coached with Bill Belichick in Cleveland. Rick Venturi is the uh, radio uh, color man for the Colts, Indianapolis He's Colts broadcast. Colts, yeah. Yes. And, you know, and he kind of explained that to us one time. Uh, we were having a conversation with him and he said, you know, Bill Belichick just kind of makes you the right 
amount of uncomfortable. Mm. He's not really a yeller, screamer, ranter, raver, but he keeps you accountable. And when you all of a sudden don't have that accountability every single day, and you got to be the one that holds the guys accountable, that's such a different role to play. But nevertheless, I do think Josh McDaniels, the second time around, I would expect that he is going to be a better coach. And I think he's going to have a very good offense here. Look, they brought in Devontae Adams, Derek Carr's best friend. They lit it up out there at Fresno State in their college years. So, look, I'm sure they're they're running the route tree pretty much every (laughs) single day. And they're going to be fine. Adding the fact that you have Hunter Renfro out of the slot. Adding the fact that you have Darren Waller, who... You know, even though it's not Gruden there anymore, I still think Darren Waller is going to get used a hell of a lot and targeted a lot. So, look, the Raiders, I think, are going to be very good offensively. How they're going to be defensively, I don't know. Patrick Graham comes from the Giants to be the new defensive coordinator, as Gus Bradley's now in Indianapolis. So, you've got a new system, at least defensively, but... That doesn't matter now. And I guess it does kind of matter when sure. you're handicapping this award because if your defense you is a little the shaky, field, right? you know, that means you're going to be behind in some of these games and you're going to be throwing the football. So Derek Carr, I thought at 12 to 1 was a little interesting. I would like to see a bigger price on him, but I think there's a lot of other people that kind of feel like how, how I feel or think like I think that Derek Carr is due for a really big year. I love that pick. I, I actually, you know, they don't, they haven't run the ball particularly well in, in, uh, in Las Vegas here, uh, at least last year with yeah, Josh Jacobs. Jacobs was her. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the, the passing game is set to explode a little bit. And if they can get a little bit of play action and keep modest with the run, it could be a huge year for Derek Carr. I got another name on this board that I really like, and this won't surprise you at all, Wes. And I know our old producer, Jacob Roach, back when we did the green zone last year, did every NFL game together. But he used to cringe when I would say KC8. Mm-hmm. But I look at Kirk Cousins, KC8, 20 to 1. And you heard what Justin Jefferson said, right? We're a passing team. Right. It's going to be a passing team this year. And by the way, you still get credit for the yards when you dump it off to Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. And they do that an awful lot. So Kirk Cousins, and look, I don't know how you, America, feel about KC8. But I feel like just from watching him in Washington, D.C., as studious as he is, he normally knows what to do with the football. Sometimes mm-hmm. the question is, can the arm get it there? Like, is, he's got a big enough arm, but he's not got, he doesn't have a super cannon howitzer for, for a right arm. But normally, from the, the you know, inside the, the ears part, he can get the job done. So if he knows where the outlets are supposed to be, if they give him pressure at time, and he's not pressured all the time, I actually think this could be what Justin Jefferson said. This could be a surprising, sneaky passing offense. No, I think it's a very astute observation by you because one thing you got to examine with KC8, this is a contract year for Kirk Cousins. So obviously, you know, this is a, you know what, or get off the pot, or you know know what, or get off the pot, I should say. I was about to mix it up there. Can you believe that seven years is already up from his D.C. days? And then he goes to Minnesota. Remember, he's the first guy really to get that guaranteed money, mm-hmm. right? The, the contract fully guaranteed. And people went for Kirk Cousins. That contract right. now is a bargain, right. right? When he got it then, though, people were just shocked. Like, oh, my God, he gave Kirk Cousins all this money? Yeah. I actually think he's lived up to the contract. He, you know, he hasn't lived up to it in terms of wins and losses and taking this team deep into the postseason where I think they thought they could be. Remember, when they made their great, great run, it was Case Keenum. That was the quarterback that year Mm -hmm. uh, and the miracle in Minneapolis and those sort of things. So I know people are are torn on him, but Wes, it feels like the offense is set up 
for Minnesota to have a big year. Most of that's going to be through the air. Well, I certainly think so because there's a new identity, I think, offensively in Minnesota. It is not Mike Zimmer, who is always more of a defensive that's guy. Right. Of course, spent all those years as the D.C. down in Dallas. But new head coach, that would be one Kevin O'Connell, who was the offensive coordinator out there with the well, with the Los Angeles Rams uh-huh. and, you know, on that McVay tree. So we know that they had a pretty good offense. Kevin O'Connell, it is Wes Phillips as the offensive coordinator. I think O'Connell is going to be the final play caller. But uh, Wes Phillips, you know how Wade Phillips with his Twitter handle was son of bum. Yes. I don't know if Wes Phillips is his son of Wade because he is the son <laughs> of one Wade Phillips. It uh, should be. Former Dallas Cowboys uh, head coach, former Bills head coach, longtime great defensive coordinator. So uh, you look, there is a new offensive identity. And these guys, I think, are going to run want to throw the football a little bit more. You not only, you know, have Jefferson, but, you know, you have Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. You have uh, a couple guys underneath that I think are pretty good slot guys. Uh, the kid Jalen Naylor out of Michigan State could be a sleeper up there. You know you can run the ball with Dalvin Cook, and I felt Alexander Madison was very good he was. in relief, and you could throw it to Cook out of the backfield. So I think that this offense is going to be better. This might be the best offense in the NFC North, including uh, you know better than that offense up there at Lambeau Field Whoa. in Green Bay, Wisconsin, with uh, you know them looking for new weapons. I know that's sounds sacrilegious to say that, you know, against Aaron Rodgers here, but I think Minnesota is going to be a better offense this year simply because just the new mentality, new coach, uh, now totally. a new GM, uh, Kwesi Adofu Mensa mm-hmm. takes over there. So just an entire new organization that the owner Ziggy Wolf has put together. And I think it kind of came time for a change, you know, where Mike Zimmer was like, it was okay, yeah. but we didn't get to the next level. So they're hoping that Kevin O'Connell with that Super Bowl ring in Los Angeles with the Rams are gonna, is going to go ahead and do that for him. Just remember, when Boy Genius took over for Jeff Fisher with the Rams, look at the numbers of Jared Goff the next year. They mm. went up dramatically. Let's see if the same thing happens with KC8 in Minnesota. Come on back. Steve Mackin's coming back with us. We're talking college football right here on Lisa and the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $19, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today. You're going to get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. So if you want that full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. So sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer back alongside west reynolds i am dave ross this is the lombardi line right here on vison always a pleasure each and every wednesday to be joined once again by steve mackinan you can follow him on twitter as i do at steve mackinan does a great job as our point spread weekly editor and steve west and i have been chomping at the bit to talk some college football with you and as you went through the numbers this week some of them are rather fascinating and some of them might be uh, some pretty good news i know from my buddy brian mcfadden of Florida State, because I want to get to the one of these, and it is there have been over 53 teams over the last nine seasons that you've seen that have entered losing seasons despite outscoring their, their opponents the year before. Now, out of those 19 that brought back 13 or more starters, including the quarterback, the collective improvement of this group was about 13.4% straight up. Those teams combined to go over 52% ATS. That's good news for the Ville, and really good news for Florida State. 
That is deep diving, Steve. But what the premise feels like to me, you get the quarterback back and you get a lot of players back from a team that was competitive despite losing. It bodes well for the next year. Uh, yeah, Dave, I, I don't even know if I need to explain it anymore. <laughs> you, you, you basically hit it right on the head. This team was pretty good last season. They were competitive. Uh, they outscored opponents, and yet they had some bad breaks that maybe caused them to go, to go under 500. So uh, the typical improvement is about two games. So if you add two games, uh, two wins to both Florida State and Louisville, those are over 500 teams. It, it looks like the programs are starting to head upward again then. Steve, one of the things that I think everybody now that they're starting to get in that college football prep, arguably the first thing they look at is how many returning starters we have. And mm -hmm. I know last year, you know, that was kind of a little, a little hinky because everybody had returning starters because of the <laughs> COVID year and the extra scholarship players these teams were able to have. Now it seems like at least you're slowly getting a little back, back to normal where not everybody has everybody back and there is still maybe an advantage for returning starters. But Dave just mentioned a system that Florida State and Louisville qualified for. They also qualify for this system as the Louisiana Tech, but I want to focus on Texas mm. because Texas is a team, as I wear my little bird orange blazer, no co <laughs> coincidence there, I would say, but Texas is a team that everybody's kind of talking about second year under Steve Sarkeesian. Are they going to challenge in the big 12 before they dip off to go join the sec? We know a uh, uh, young Manning, young arch Manning now They're has back, committed uh, for, for next year, but they still got a guy by the name of Quinn Ewers who is also returning mm -hmm. home uh, from Ohio state. So what do you make of Texas and explain this system a little bit in, in terms of that returning personnel? Yeah. You know, you touched upon a lot there, Wes. Now, one of the things that I talk about in this article and I've talked about in the last few weeks as I've uh, dove into the college football prep is the difference between last year and this year is going to be massive. You talk about the, the huge amount of returning starters last season. This year, there's almost a record of uh, inexperienced going to be on the field. So uh, I think we're going to, so last year before the season, I called for maybe a, if you wanted to call it an upset of the college football playoff, maybe some teams that were on the fringe, bringing back a lot of starters. Uh, and we saw that with Michigan and Cincinnati reaching the playoff uh, this year. I think we're back to normal. Uh, you got to look at the, the teams with the talent, the four and five star guys here. I, I think there's just not enough experience throughout the country. That's going to, maybe upset the apple cardigan this season. So uh, that's one great thing I, or one thing that I think people need to really focus on heading into the season. Now, regarding Texas, uh, the, the system I think you're basically referring to is this one says there have been over 70 teams over the last nine seasons that have lost one or fewer games by 20 points or more in a season, but still finished with a losing record. In other words, they were up competitive almost every time they hit the field. Mm -hmm. So that it shows a good sign of uh, maybe some things to go. The average improvement of this group or of the 41 that brought back 14 or more starters from that group, the average improvement is about 3.2 wins per season. You add three wins to Texas, along with Florida State, Louisiana Tech, and Louisville who qualify for the system, and you've got a much different-looking Longhorn program. The recruiting's been uh, been good, obviously, with the Manning coming in, a lot of, a lot of big names coming in from the class this season. Uh, I think there's a lot of positive momentum for the Longhorns.
Dave, uh, I thought Steve actually kind of touched on something there that's going to be very important over the next year or two in seasons. It's especially, I think, going to be more important in college basketball. I was talking to a uh, friend of mine who covers national recruiting scene for college basketball, Mm -hmm. and these coaches went out and watched these, like, 2023 kids, and they're like, this is the worst class we've seen in years. And one of the reasons why is because of COVID. Because these kids didn't have games. These kids didn't have full summer basketball or AAU seasons. I wonder how much, if at all, that's going to affect football. But I think it very well could, and to Steve's point, that's why I think you're seeing a lot of the chalky teams. It's like, it's hard to get past the Alabamas and the Georgias and the the Oklahomas and the usual suspects there up top where you're not going to get maybe that non-Power 5 or that team a little bit off the radar that is going to be in the playoffs. Well, to that point, gentlemen, and I think, Steve, this plays right into one of your uh, transition systems that you have here, that basically if you had, let's say, an experience quarterback the year before and you didn't turn it over a whole lot and then all of a sudden you identify some teams that are going to go to freshmen and young quarterbacks here that that might be a recipe for disaster can you explain that for us yeah i mean that's essentially what my college football stability scores a thing that we talked about a few weeks ago uh, really uh deals with i mean you're looking at I, I put a lot of precedence on the quarterback position and my stability scores. I give four points. You either get zero points or four points, whether you have your quarterback back for the season. So that's a pretty big deal when the, the scores, but the maximum score is 19 points. So uh, 20% of the stability score basically comes down to whether you have your quarterback or not. Now we talk about you're saying these uh, 2023 kids are going to be the worst. Uh, recruits are we'll see how two two four seven sports grades that mm, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be interesting i mean if you got a situation where teams that are used to getting three maybe pushing into the four star recruit and they're only getting twos and threes now things could really separate over the next few seasons uh just based upon that yeah, exactly. And plus the fact that maybe some of the guys that are rated top 10 that are five-star guys, especially like in basketball, might be four-star guys the year before. So you get some guys a little bit inflated in terms of the talent. But Steve, uh, looking at one of your other systems here, one of the teams that the talent really doesn't seem to subside, at, you know, who, no matter who is the coach, is at Oklahoma. Mm. And we now have Brent Venables, a former defensive coordinator there, was with Dabo Swinney at Clemson for years. But Lincoln Riley now at USC. Brett Venables comes in and takes over, brings in Jeff Levy from Ole Miss to be the offensive coordinator. Seems like a new team here at Oklahoma uh, in terms of the new quarterback and a new system. You think that there could be some decline for this team, though, in 2022? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, they qualify for a couple of my systems on this article this week that suggest uh, a bit of a decline this season. Now, I, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say this team's going back to 500 or right. anything like that. But you a little bit of decline might be nine and three. You know what I mean? That that's unheard of for Oklahoma in recent years. And it certainly wouldn't be out of the imagination with the fact that they're going to be changing over systems. Uh, You got probably a more defensive minded uh, mindset going forward with Venables taking over. And uh, obviously they lost their starting quarterback to uh, USC. So, I mean, you got, you got a ton of, well, and their other quarterback who was a five-star recruit too, to South Carolina. So they got, they got a lot to make up for, uh, they're still obviously got a, a, a stable of talent there, but uh, it, it could be an issue or where other Big 12 teams are uh, maybe able to compete a little better with them this this season. Got about 90 seconds to go with Steve Mackin. And to that end, I want to carry that out a little bit here, Steve, because you've identified teams that, quote-unquote, 
got maybe a little lucky last year, right? And so you look at teams like Kentucky. You mentioned uh, we talked about Oklahoma, even Oklahoma State here with Mike Gundy and the Cowboys. Explain what that what you mean by that that kind of lucky factor that could back, come back to bite them the next year. Well, the way the way the system reads is teams that brought back twelve starters or less from a team that was fortunate to get five or more close wins of seven points or fewer. So uh, obviously you had to have a few breaks to get that many close wins. Uh, now, obviously this leads to usually a lot of wins. So the natural reaction is it's going to fall a little bit. The average drop has been 2.6 wins per season or 14.8%. Kentucky, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, San Diego State and Tulsa are the teams on this list of uh, then maybe be a little careful as you're analyzing the season win prop uh, props available for these teams. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it's a great way to handicap some of those win totals for those teams. When you look at how they were able to get those wins the year before, not saying that they're lucky per se, but to your point, Steve, they play a lot of close games and sometimes you do get regression uh, the following season. Steve, always appreciate the time, the information, my friend. Appreciate you. We'll catch up again soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve. Great stuff, as always, from Steve Mackin. Again, follow him on Twitter, at Steve Mackin. And you got to check out uh, the VEASAN weekly newsletter, the daily Mm -hmm. that comes out. It's absolutely fascinating information and great stuff for you college football fans. Maybe to get a jump on some of the good numbers out there. When we come back, Major League Baseball games getting ready to start, Wes. We're going to pick your brain on some of those. Come on back. It's the Lombardi on a VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game, and if all the legs of the parlay hit but one, 
you're going to get your stake back in free bets up to $25. So log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to take advantage of this offer all season long. Just opt in to the one-game parlay insurance promotion. Then place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs or more of any MLB game. If you miss only one of those legs of the wager, you're going to receive up to $25 back in free bets. Major League Baseball trademarks are used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is now with job or free bets or set credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada, New York, or Washington, D.C. Back alongside West Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line here on VEASAN. And our own Stormy Bonatoni, she posted on Twitter yesterday mm-hmm. that she rolled a 210 bowling. Now, look. I'm just going to say that my high game, seven bagger to end at 2.30. That's the best I've ever done in my life. Now, it got me thinking that, like, the best bowling movie of all time, and, and this is not debatable, America. It's Kingpin. It's not the Big Lebowski. And I know there are a lot of Big Lebowski stands out there, Wes, but if we had Brian Ortega, who does all of our Oscar work here at Visa, and you can actually wager on the Oscar – you got to give, like, to me, Kingpin's got to be a minus 200 favorite man, over the Big Lebowski. Man, we're going to start talking bowling here, and Jimmy Vicaro is going to pop in the studio here at the <laughs> South Point and be talking about Andy Verapapa and Earl Anthony. And Earl all, Anthony, all, the all great the, Earl all Anthony. All the legends, uh, 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 Weber, all, all the old oh, legends. Uh, you know, when bowling was on, Chris Shankle, uh, the great Chris Shankle. And he did, did the, it on, uh, he, Chris Shankle, of course, has got the cameo in Kingpin, mm-hmm. which, again, it, to me, me helps for anybody that loves bowling. They're trying to bring the bowling back a little bit on Fox. Rob Stone, uh, okay, uh, the soccer man there on Fox, also the bowling man. Pete Weber. I mean, it was a uh, PDW. It's just amazing. So, like, bowling is such an underrated sport. But I'm just going to throw it out that the Kingpin is, in fact, the best bowling movie of all time. Let's get to some of the action in Major League Baseball. You mentioned we have one game underway right now. Yes. We just saw a great catch in this Brewers and Rays Speaking game. of bowling, that was a center fielder, Jonathan Davis of the Milwaukee Brewers, bowling into the wall My to goodness. Rob Randy Arazarena of a home run. Uh, we are currently in the bottom of the second down at the Trop. Uh, foot off the bag, that Oof. runner is going to be safe, but... Milwaukee did get a home run in the uh, top of the second. Tellez uh, goes deep mm-hmm. to center. So currently one to nothing. Brewers over the Rays. I recommended and I did bet the under at eight in this game. The uh, getaway game day. But uh, they were showing a Rosarena. He was watching oh. on the little iPad or tablet or whatever he had there in the dugout. Like, how the hell did he catch that ball? And he was shaken up. They did have to stop play for Davis for about two or three minutes. Uh, shaken up, but held on to the wow, ball. Wow, what a we'll catch. stay in the game. So uh, Brewers and Rays right here. Brewers 43 and 33. The Rays 40 and 33. And uh, Milwaukee uh, continuing to hang on right now. Mm-hmm. They're in the Central. Only a half game up of the Cardinals. But you look at that division. It's a two-team division. Third place is the Pirates. Uh, just about... 13 games That's back it. already. So, uh, yeah, you're going to see a two-team division. Meanwhile, the, Ray, the Rays got to get going a little bit. Rays all the way down there, even though they're seven games over 500. The Rays right now are in fourth place in the AL East. So, I think a lot of that is is because they just hadn't been healthy at the plate. I think right. the pitching's been, you know, okay, certainly good enough. But they've just had so many guys out of that lineup right now. They just got to get healthy in order to kind of stay in this race. Maybe it's a little bit much of an asset 
stay in the AL East race, but it's certainly in the wild card now that we do have two wild card spots. Yeah, you know, a couple things. One, Randy Rosarena, to your point, did something that is pretty easy to do. He ran hard out of the box, and that mm-hmm. ball is dropped, and you're going to see this play all right. over uh, your TVs today because it's a great, I mean, it's a great catch. He'll be up there for one of the catches of the year so far in Major League Baseball. He just ran hard, and that would have been inside the parker if that ball is jarred loose, and probably 90% of the time it would have come loose. Mm -hmm. So he did the right thing in the baseball play and just kept running until it was a definitive out, which it was. Two, you mentioned the AL East, and at seven games over for the Rays, they're in fourth place. Dave Roberts came out and said, NL West. NL West is where it's at. It's Mm -hmm. the best division in baseball every damn night. We're out there competing. We got the Rockies, and obviously we're good, and we got the Giants, and we got the Padres. And he made it sound like it, was a, it wasn't a discussion that the NL West is, in fact, the best division in baseball. Do you take umbrage with Dave Roberts with what he said? Because you just made a, a very good, compelling case that the AL East is the best division yeah, in baseball. Yeah, I think they're about neck and neck, personally, uh, because, look— uh, you, you have, I guess, kind of one bad team in the East, and right now that would be the Baltimore Orioles. Yep. But then you look, they're only six games under 500. They're so competitive. They're not, they're not a total drag here. No. But I think Arizona has certainly been relatively competitive, just seven games under. Colorado, nine games under. So, you know, they're not down there where they're like 22 and 48 or something or something right now. So I think pretty darn even there at the top. I know the West gets all the ink because of the Dodgers and, and the Padres. Padres and the Giants. Giants certainly were very good and made the playoffs uh, last year and are still seven over 500. But I just think that the East, because the Yankees, look, they weren't talked about like they were going to, you know, run roughshod over this division. This team is 55 and 20, by the way, right now, uh, if you need it. So uh, Yankees keep that streak going. Uh, They've been uh, pounding around the A's pretty much uh, all week. By the way, that's going to get started in about 15 minutes. Uh, Yankees, uh, well over a $3 -hmm. favorite over uh, Cole Irvin in the Oakland A's. Oakland uh, really has come to earth. They are one of the dregs, 25 and 51. And how would you handicap that? Because I know a lot of people are going to say, all right, I don't want to lay the 315 mm-hmm. or now up to 340 as this number is just inflated uh, here at BetMGM. And maybe I want to play the run line at minus $1.60, yeah. but that's still juiced heavily to lay that run and a half. Is there a way that you'd handicap this either in the total, if you don't like the side and that huge number? The only way I would bet this is yet another getaway early day game yep. under because both these teams got to go on the road. Oakland goes back out to Seattle to start a set tomorrow and the New York Yankees uh, go ahead and play the Houston Astros who they played this weekend and ended up being two to two. Remember the Yankees uh, were getting no hit. It looked like they were going to get <laughs> yeah. no hit two days in a row. Then all of a sudden they go ahead. Geo Stanton breaks it up. Yankees tie the game and then they go to extras and uh, all rise. Aaron judge continues his MVP candidacy three run shot on Sunday afternoon to go ahead and split with the Astros. Well, now they're getting the Astros who are still in New York and the Astros got to travel, by the way, they have a night game uh, up there in uh, up there in city field in Flushing's actually a day game. I should say, mm-hmm. because they're going to get started here in about 15 minutes, but I would look toward the under here eight and a half. And you're certainly seeing it get bet that way. There are still some flat eight and a halves in the market, but basically what you're seeing, I think bet MGM's one fifteen. rest of the market is about one twenty. It is Cole Irvin and Jamison Tyone, as I was saying. So, that's probably the way I would play it. I certainly wouldn't really want to lay the Yankees, no. even though the A's are pathetic, because it's like 
they've got the Astros coming up here, and that's going to be a big series. And I think there's a little bit of there's a little bit of rivalry, oh, yeah. I think, between those two teams because they're probably thinking, okay, we're going to face each other in the American League playoffs at some point. So, uh, by the way, the Astros they got to get through uh, their game today a little bit. Uh, in a little bit here, 15 minutes. It is uh, Justin Verlander, Taiwan Walker are going to be going. JV about a dollar 40 favorite at BetMGM. I'm seeing a dollar 35 also in the market against Taiwan Walker, who kind of, you know, got hit around a little bit last time. Maybe a little bit of regression coming for Taiwan Walker. And this is another day game under you've seen get bet from eight and a half to about eight. No play for me, though, in Flushing, Queens this afternoon. Old matchup, uh, 1986 National League Championship Series with the Astros and the Metropolitans very quickly. One other game I want to get to here, that would be the, the Pirates against the Nats as they get ready to go. You got a good start from Patrick Corbin. You get a win yesterday if you're the boys from D.C. Paolo Espino is going to go on the bump today uh, for D.C. Mitch Keller is going to go for the Pirates. And right now, the Nats, solid favorites here, about minus $1.45. You see that total at nine. Any leans either way here? Yeah, uh, they're very tough to handicap this one with uh, two bad teams. Right. Uh, Mitch Keller, uh, one and five and 12 starts. You look at his numbers, 495 on the area, a little bit better on the expip though, at 430. Paulo Espino, 257 ERA, but I think those numbers are deceiving. Almost two runs bigger on the expip. So just when I get that kind of variance, I would be looking, even though the market is going the other way, I actually kind of lean to Mitch Keller here at $1.35. And this is not a guy I like to bet very often. I usually like to be on the other side of him. And uh, Pittsburgh, Washington, getting a little bit of action also. A lot of these day games are going to get action to the under. Pittsburgh goes back home to face Milwaukee. And then uh, Washington, I do believe, goes on the road for their – or actually, no, they do not. They have a day off and they have the Marlins coming in. But you see a lot of these day games, like I was saying, they get bet to the under. So uh, if I had to – I think 135 is a little rich for a speedo to, to uh, lean. So maybe split half and half, mm-hmm. first five and full game on the Buckos. like that uh, handicap very much. All right, when we get back, I cannot wait because we're going to talk about the John Deere Classic. Remember, we got the Open over there at St. Andrews in a couple weeks. And there's also an event going on, Live Golf. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. All the golf you can handle coming up next right here in the Lombardi Line on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.